You're listening to a message from Highway Church from Sean and Lisa Michaud. Enjoy. Amen. Praise the Lord. So good being here this morning and Happy New Year. Amen. It's going to be an awesome year. Do you know why? Because he's already done it. Amen. He's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. I don't know about you, but... Every time, you know, the New Year is upon us, you know, you know, everybody writes a list, right? What you're anticipating in the new year, right? And if, you know, if you're like me, you know, you, you have a vision, right? You have a vision, you have a vision for yourself, you have a vision for your, your children, and you, you know, and you may write something like, you know, Lord, I'm believing for the blessings to overtake me this year. I'm believing for breakthrough in this area. Amen? Amen. But how many of you know, that's redundant because it's already ours. It's already done. So this year, you know, as I was, I was thinking about the usual resolutions, I said, you know what? Forget it. I'm not writing down anything, you know, because it's already mine. Amen. Amen. You know why that is? Because you are already in the kingdom. Yes. You know, John 3.3 3 says, if you're born again, Right? You're in the kingdom. It says in John 3, 3 says, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Are you born again this morning? And what is the kingdom of God? No, yesterday I I ministered on this yesterday in Gardner. So this is a little snippet. I'm going to try to say it really quickly. Okay? (laughs) But the kingdom of God is not eating or drinking, but righteousness peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Is that something out there? No. We already have his righteousness. We're already in right standing. Amen. We already have his peace. We already have his joy. But you know what? Unfortunately, in spite of all of that, in spite of having this knowledge up here, we're not participating. It was already ours. Amen. So easily we forget that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The work has already been done. Amen. We don't have to stress out. We don't have to beg God. All we have to do is rest. Amen. It's already ours. I want you to rest. Joy. There's joy. Amen. So, you know, a lot of times, so as I was ministering this yesterday, you know, I say, you know, we are in the kingdom, but a lot of times we're living like we're in the old kingdom. And he, the word says he has conveyed us from the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. You're in the, his kingdom. And guess what? Right? We're the um, kids of the king. Yes. And kids of the king are, are not lacking in any area. I don't know about you, right? But if you look at the, the royals in England, right? Do you see them lacking? No. And we, ha- we serve the great I am, the king of kings. Amen. Amen. But what happens a lot of times, because of ignorance, because we're not in the word, because we're not becoming acquainted with what's already ours in the word of God, and we're listening to the lies of the enemy, right? Our um, way of thinking is still like the old kingdom. And we're not seeing what's ours. Right? We're not seeing that healing is ours. We're not seeing that the blessings of God is already ours. And we're not benefiting from the kingdom. Amen. We're just like the world. But how many, it's, it's yours. 
So this morning I want to encourage you. Get into the word of God. In Ephesians chapter 1, chapter 4, sorry. Let's go there. I'm going to end up with this little scripture. It says in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 17, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. And this is the thing right here, is that a lot of us, even though we're in the kingdom of the, of the sun, we're thinking like the old kingdom. Old ways of thinking. We're not renewing our mind to what God says about us. And I'm going to tell you what I told the students yesterday. Renewing our mind is just like learning a bunch of verses. Right? Okay, renewing your mind is you, you're in the word and you're getting revelations and, and it packs your heart. Because out of your heart comes, right, the issues of life. And there's, that's where the impact is. Because whatever is in your heart is what you're going to be saying. Amen? You see what I'm saying? We speak for our future. Amen? So we, we want what God is saying about us to come out of our mouth. Amen? Amen? So it says, don't walk like, like you used to walk, right? And verse 18 says, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God. You know when you think the old way? You're alienated from the life of God. That abundant life does not flow in your life. You know, Romans 5.17, the pastor just quoted it, right? Because of the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, right? We're supposed to be reigning in this life. But a lot of times we're not reigning <laughs> because we still have the old way of thinking. The life of God, even though it's in us, it's there, Right? But it's, sh but it's shut down, right? Because of our way of thinking. And our way of thinking affects what we speak, right? What decisions we make in life, right? And here's the key. If you want to see what God has for you in this year, in verse 23 says, in verse 22, let's start from there, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you, that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Amen. So I want to encourage you today and every day for the rest of the year. Amen. Incline your ear to his word. And the word promises it will be held to your flesh. Amen. It will bring prosperity and all your ways will be successful. Amen. God bless you. Praise God. So I have, we have our daughters watching today. So hello, Rachel and Abigail. <laughs> they told us they are connected and watching. So we're very blessed on that. I was scrambling around earlier during praise and worship, had my phone. That's what I was doing, trying to get connected to tell them to watch. <laughs> no, I'm not distracted. One time I was up, I was about to minister and I had my phone. Actually, I didn't even, I was about to minister in a church in South Africa and I had my phone and it was a guy I'd never met. And I was on my phone and I was looking and all of a sudden he's, he's like, what is this guy doing on his phone? And I got up and said, the Lord just spoke to me during praise and worship, and I gave them. He said, oh, my goodness, that's for me. That was what he was doing. And he joined one of our, our uh, discipleship groups, amen? So how many of you know God's good? Yes. 
Amen. You know, Lisa said something about you don't need to write it down, and that's true. You know why? How many of you ever wrote something down and you saw it come to pass? You know why? Because you finally agreed with God and had the audacity to write it down. How many of you ever felt, I'm too embarrassed to write it down in case later I find out it didn't happen? Think about that. Amen. During praise and worship, it's really awesome. I really like the praise and worship here both times I've come. And... Um, while I was thinking about the songs of the, the different, how many of you know it's important what you sing? Yes. It's amazing how you can have a pretty good word in a church, but the worship is horrible, or awesome worship and the word's horrible. Sometimes I've been in church, I said, man, if they would just believe what they sing. I'm not talking about all songs, obviously. But this thought came to me. How many of us are asking God for freedom in different areas? But yet Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. If you're asking God for freedom in any area, whether it be financial, whether it be he'd made a declaration of debts and increase and health and healing and restoration and all kinds of different things. But how many of you understand that if you're asking for freedom and believing God for freedom, you're actually opening your, the potential for you to receive revelation of the truth in that area. Since it's the truth that makes you free. But how often do we allow the enemy or distraction of this world to hinder us from getting into and receiving that truth? And so this, this new year, I'd say that we all should have a newfound desire just to abide in the truth and abide in his goodness and abide in his love. How many know Jesus said, abide in my love? Let me put it this way. If you're not abiding in his love, you're not actually abiding in his truth. Because he is the way, the truth, and the life, and he is love. So it's all centered around that whole thing. And so today, I want to share with you a message that I know that God wants me to share with you. Let's turn over to John chapter 5 and... I want to answer some questions, and I believe you're getting some good stuff here. But you know what? There may be some people watching by internet, and we all need to be, have certain truths re-emphasized in our lives and have certain questions answered. How many of you know you can believe the truth, but still have some questions that haven't yet been answered? And I've discovered this, that sometimes, like, especially if we've grown up in the church throughout many different years, and, and we weren't always under this type of foundation. Many things we were taught that are still there as seeds in our heart. And when something looks like it doesn't work, that's when that seed tries to sprout. Such as God doesn't use sickness to teach me. He doesn't bring financial ruin to teach me things. I don't believe that no more. And all of a sudden, you have some financial stress and it doesn't seem to be Going away and you start to wonder, those old seeds try to, maybe this foundation isn't quite right. May, how many understand what I'm saying? So today I want to deal with the false concept that God does things and moves in certain seasons, but not every season. How many know there's people that believe that one day I'm going to be healed? What they're actually saying is, but not today. 
In God's perfect timing, he will do this. And today is not that. Without saying it, they're actually saying, but today's not the day. See, when we do write things down in the beginning of the year, my wife and I have done that in the past, and we've gone back years later, go, oh my Lord, it ought to come to pass. Now, I'm not just saying write anything down, but we would say, Lord, and just trust that what we're thinking about, we're right down. See, when we write something down, we're actually saying, this is the acceptable year. When you agree as a husband and wife if you're married, or you agree and you get in the word and you agree, you're actually declaring this is the time. So what the devil will try to do is get you to put off the promise of God. And I'm going to go from scripture today to to show you that that was actually an an accurate old covenant mentality that God moves in times and seasons, but not all the time. This is why that you can go to a church and they can go and use scriptures that will paint the picture that God moves in seasons. But the problem is, is that we are now under the new covenant. So let's turn to John chapter 5 today. And I'm going to show you how Jesus dealt with an old covenant mentality. So in John chapter 5. Let's go to verse 1. It says, After this there was a feast of the Jews, and and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. How many people are waiting for a move of God? Folks, listen to me. That is old covenant mindset. We're not waiting on God to move. Oh God, please send deliverance. He did. His name's Jesus. Oh God, rend the heavens and come down. He did. His name is Jesus. Oh, God created me a clean heart. He did. It's called the new birth. And he said that in the new birth, he will never leave you nor forsake you. The problem is, is that your mind is not connected to the new birth. And you're still acting as if you're not quite saved, just introduced. How many of you know you're either in Christ or you are not in Christ? You're not partially in Christ. You're not growing into being saved. You're not growing into being in Christ. You're growing into getting your mind wrapped around what you have and walking according to who you actually are. So here we have this man... And these people waiting for the moving of the water. Folks, they were literally waiting. This was really taking place. They were waiting for a special move of God so that people could be healed. And look what it says. Verse 4. For an angel went down at a certain time. Folks, who sent the angel? God did. Angels do not do things of their own authority. 
So the angel went down at a certain time. Notice, it was not just any time. It was a certain time. Folks, this was accurate. This concept that God moves in seasons and at certain times, but not all the time, was accurate for Old Covenant believers. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. In other words, you better get in quick while God's moving before he changes his mind. One time I was preaching in South Africa. And I, and I preached on healing. Invited people down. And every single person got healed. Now... While I'm, while I'm ministering healing to people, the whole church is there. It wasn't a massive church, maybe 60 people. The pastor runs up after about the third person. And he grabs a microphone. He says, pardon me, Sean, I got to do this, I got to do this. He grabs a microphone. Because I still had the mic. He said, People, come down now while God is moving. Don't leave while the anointing is flowing. Don't leave without receiving a miracle. Come down now while God is moving. How many of you know that's, a, that's this mindset? And when he gave me the mic back, I said, God is always moving. Everywhere I go, God always moves. It's never you better get in now while God is doing this. He's always doing this. Folks, one time I was in a church in South Africa. There's a different church, not the same church. And I prayed for a young man, and it appeared like nothing happened. Then the pastor looked at me and looked at the young man and said, I told you that God will not heal you until you do all the things I told you. And he was looking at me like, not against me, but I don't know if you understand. That bothered me. So guess what I did? I said, oh, no, you're going to be healed right now. I prayed for again. He was healed. He never, that pastor never invited me back. I don't care. Lightning quick mind should, should tell him he lied and misrepresented God, but religion can't do that. I want you to understand that. Yes. Folks, God is always willing. Yes. Let's keep reading here. Verse 5, now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. Can you imagine how long that is? That is 10 years younger than how I'm 48. Can you imagine 38 years. I can't imagine being sick and, and lame for 38 years of my life and only being well for 10 of those years. I can't imagine that. That's a long time. Look at verse 6. This blows me away. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well. Now isn't that an interesting question that God in the flesh would ask someone since God will heal you if he wants to. I mean, you know, there are believers that think if God wants me to be healed, he'll heal me. Whether I, you know, if not, I'll be sick and uh, I'm just whatever God wants. That's just 
Well, you don't know. You, at, the very, at the very least, you just don't know the truth in that area. And that's why I want to teach this. I don't, I don't make fun of people. I'm not going to make fun of people. I feel for people who are under that system of thought. Because if God will heal and God can do whatever he wants, then Jesus was incorrect in asking him this question. He just walked up and did it. Wow, God sovereignly healed me. How many of you understand God is sovereign? And he is sovereignly chosen to give you every spiritual blessing in, in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus? You didn't tell him to do that. The gospel is God trying to convince you of all the things he's done in Christ Jesus. What we have to do is believe it and walk in it. We didn't make, how many understand the gospel was not our idea? Hey God, you know it would be really awesome if you came and died for us and you just make all these blessings available to us because of Christ. Wouldn't that be a good idea? Wouldn't you like to do that, God? Man, that's a good idea. No, none of us came up with this. We have to be convinced how good God is because it doesn't make sense. Echo. Listen. I had a good friend in Russia. He's my good friend. When I go there, he interprets for me. He's also a minister. His brother is an awesome guy. He's a scientist, makes all kinds of inventions. God gives him all these inventions. He came up to me one time after I was preaching in Russia. He said, while you were preaching, <laughs> God gave me revelation. <laughs> and I was teaching on the love of God. He said, people don't need revelation of the wrath of God. We understand wrath. People need revelation of love because we do not know what love is. Think about that. People don't need a revelation of the wrath of God. We understand wrath. We see it around us all the time. But someone loving you unconditionally and paying the price and you even take advantage of that person, they still love you and will still be willing to, to help you. How many of you ever saw someone asking for, asking for alms or asking for food and you wonder, do they, are they really serious or are they going to use the money for something? Do you know Jesus would do it? Even if they abused it, and he knew they would abuse it. You know how I know? Because he knew who Judas was, and he still let him keep the purse. Now, that blows my mind. I would not let him keep the purse. This man's a thief. I wouldn't let him hung around until he betrayed me. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? Judas, you're going to hell anyway. I'm not God. See, I get wrath. <laughs> Let's keep reading here. Jesus said, do you want to be made well? Do you know why? Because we have to be in agreement with what he wants to do. Because let me just say this. Even if it's for your own good, anything that is done without your desire and cooperation, you will end up resenting it. Anything that is forced on you, even if it's the right thing, you will end up resenting being forced how many of you have ever tried to help someone who had a drug problem? You were genuine. You really wanted to help them. You got them. You rescued them. You put them in a rehab. They didn't want to go. Trust me, you will thank us later. And they didn't. Don't you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, but it was for their good. 
See, because God is love, a lot of people don't understand this, because God is love, even though it breaks his heart, he will allow you to live the life you believe. Because he's love. Because he will not force, how many of you know true love doesn't force anything? True love waits to be received and then it pours out everything. I don't know, I remember that movie a long time ago. I can't remember the title of it. But in this movie, there was this doctor who, loved, who thought he loved this woman, but she didn't love him back, so he cut off her legs. Because she didn't know any better, she would walk away from him, so he took away her legs so she couldn't walk away. Then she got mad and hit him, so he cut off her arms for her own good. At, towards the end of the movie, all she is is this little box. Folks, what I'm saying is that's how people view God. He's going to force his will on you whether you like it or not. No. Guess what? She never did love him. <laughs> Wonder why. But isn't that what we, God, he'll take your kids. He took my legs. Because I was using them to, rock, to walk to the wrong places. Folks, that's not God. <laughs> Look at verse 7. Look how the man responds. Oh, man, I love this. Oh, Jesus, give us revelation. Jesus asked him, do you want to be made well? How many of you understand if Jesus asked you that, it now depends on your response? The sick man answered. Notice he never answers the question. He immediately starts coming up with excuses as to why it won't happen. The sick man answered him and said, Sir, I have no man to put me in to the pool when the water stirred. But while I'm coming in, another steps down before me. How many of you understand every time that we are presented with the blessing of God, sometimes we get excited at first and then all of a sudden our mind starts to turn and twist as to why this, that although this is good, why it can't happen for me. How many understand what I'm saying? Again, I'm not here to blast anyone. I am here to bless you. Receive this word. Allow it to change your heart. In other words, this man says, well, you know, yeah, sure, I want to be healed. Wasn't it kind of ridiculous, the question Jesus asked? Why would he be lying by the pool if he didn't want to be made well? What Jesus was doing without him even realizing it, he was trying to get him to get off of looking to that Old Testament mentality of sometimes there's a season when God moves and that's what I'm waiting for. He's trying to get him to transfer and start trusting in a new and living way. How often do we make excuses as to why we can't prosper or be healed or be this or be that? I'm going to say it. I'm going to hit I'm going to get hit a little closer to home. Some of you are here, so it probably doesn't apply to you. But I've met many women who would love to go to church but don't because their husband doesn't go with them. Brothers and sisters, listen, I'm not mocking that. I understand you would love the support, but that's an excuse to not get involved and get the word you need to walk in everything that God has for you. The devil is slick, folks. He knows how to use little excuses of all the things that you've experienced. How many of you know this is what the guy experienced? This is not, he didn't make this up. Every single time he wanted to get in, someone jumped in and stole his blessing. Yeah. 
How many ever felt like someone stole your blessing before? I've never been in a meeting and the, and the minister calls out, God wants to heal someone. You've got a, right, a short problem on your right shoulder right now. And they start naming, that's me. And someone gets up before you. Oh, I thought it was me. I thought it was my day. I thought it was my day to be healed, but someone got in before me. Brothers and sisters, I've seen this take place. I don't know if you've ever been to an Andrew Womack meeting, but he does say he'll, he'll, he'll give word of knowledge to someone with a knee problem, someone with an ear, whatever it is, and he'll, he'll say someone. I want you to get a revelation of what I'm about to say here today. I've seen 10 people go forward with that problem and all 10 people get healed. Why? He said someone. Doesn't that mean one? No, it doesn't. It means someone. Are you a someone who will believe? All 10 of them were a someone who would believe, so all 10 of them got it. How many each of you are a someone? Why does Andrew do that? Or why do I do that if, if I do it? I do it sometimes, but not usually. I like to say everyone, just so people don't, out there don't misunderstand. The reason is, is because he doesn't know where people are and what they're believing. So he's trying to spark their faith that really God knows about my situation and get them into that, in that environment of faith, get them to receive while they're in that environment because when they go back, probably they're not in that same environment. So he does that for the people. But you don't need someone to call it out. This man did not need someone to put him in. He did not need to wait for the stirring of the water. We're going to see that. And he did not need to, re to, re to rely on someone helping him to get in. You don't need anyone else's help to receive from God. You can have help, but you don't have to rely on anyone's help. Jesus is more than enough for you if in your relationship with him for you to receive everything that he has provided at the cross. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe in discipleship. I believe you should come here. You're going to hear stuff you need to hear. So I'm not saying you don't. You need to be isolated. That's not what I'm talking about. But you don't have to, oh, the minister of God came, and I wasn't able to make the meeting. I guess I'll have to wait till next year when another one comes. How many other people that have this mindset? Look at verse 8. Did you realize Jesus never even replied? Didn't he even address his excuses? Have you ever made excuses to God and it seems like he's not even answering those excuses? Because he won't. If you'll listen, he's speaking his word. Because his word will overcome any excuse you have. See, the reason why an excuse holds you back is because you believe it. I've discovered this. Every time I use an excuse, I never, get the, I never get the victory while I'm still using the excuse. But it's when I say, enough. That's what God says. That's when you start to see it. How many know it takes boldness to believe God? The righteous are as bold as a lion, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're supposed to be bold. He's the righteous one living in you. 
He's the reason why you can receive. For in him are all the promises of God. For all the promises of God in him are amen or yes. And in him, amen, to the glory of God through you. Don't you notice this? All of God's promises are in him. And where is he? In you. That's why they are now through you, not to you. See, so often we're waiting for God to give us a blessing to us instead of having our minds renewed and we're prospering in our soul. How many of you know the Bible says in 3 John verse 2, Beloved, I desire that you prosper in all things and be in health as, just as your soul prospers. When our soul begins to prosper and we're believing like Lisa said, when we are getting our minds renewed in the spirit of our mind, the attitude of our mind, what we're expecting, no longer using excuses, but believing that Jesus is the one who's made it possible. When we start to live in that reality, how many of you know it changes your your whole attitude and outlook on life. And that's when the promises of God come through you. Why? The promises of God begin in your way of thinking and your emotions. How many of you ever received depressed? I haven't. How many of you ever received a promise of God discouraged? I have not. I had to get encouraged first. That, and then it came through. You're believing him. How many of you understand what I'm saying here? Notice what Jesus says in verse 8. He doesn't even address the excuses of this man. And they were real excuses, actually. He, he couldn't move, and he did not have anyone to help. And whenever he tried to do it, someone would always get the blessing first, and it was stopped. Jesus said to him, rise. Take up your bed and walk. In other words, for him to listen to Jesus, he had to think differently. The very thing that was holding him down, the bed, he had to now pick that up and no longer use it as an excuse. How many understand what I'm saying? The very thing that was holding him down, he had to have a total mind change and be the one who no longer allowed it to hold him down. He's the one now who picked it up. Why? Because of what Jesus said. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. We're not going to go any more in this passage. But how many of you know Jesus was telling him, you don't need to wait for the waters no more. Believe me. Let's go to Luke chapter 4. Now, I love this pastor's scripture that we're going to get into. Luke chapter 4, verse 16. It says, So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. How many understand he didn't just indiscriminately pick a passage? He had to find exactly where he wanted to read from. Verse 18 says, And the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. How many of you know preaching the gospel 
is sharing the truth. Sharing that word. How many discovered if you really look at Scripture and look at the life of Jesus, and when you look in the book of Acts, you look at the life of Peter and Paul, all the miracles were preceded by the ministry of the word first. And the reason why is because the people have to be believing and in agreement with what God wants to do for them. Notice what Jesus says, to preach the gospel of the poor, and he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He didn't send Jesus to break you. He sent Jesus to heal the brokenhearted. How many understand there's so many people that say God is going to break you so that you become broken. And then he'll patch you up to a degree so that he can shine through the cracks. How many ever heard these things? Folks, that's utter nonsense. Jesus was sent to heal the brokenhearted, not to break your heart. Because you're not useful until your heart is destroyed. He'll take your kid. He'll take your bit. All these things that people point to, folks, listen, I'm not mocking or making fun of anyone. That is human reasoning to try to make sense of tragedy. Jesus said, in this life, John 16, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. That doesn't seem like Jesus breaking people. Folks, in this world, you're going to have stuff that happens, and you're going to have to learn how to trust him anyway, but it's not God breaking you. And he sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, folks, many people read through this and they don't even think about what Jesus is referencing. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, he was actually saying that God has sent me to declare and proclaim jubilee. If you go to Leviticus chapter 25, it talks about the year of Jubilee, and you had to proclaim that this was the acceptable year of the Lord, and it happened every 50 years. How many of you understand the year of Jubilee, which people got their debts forgiven, they, they got set free from their bondages, all these different great and awesome things. How many of you know the people of Israel looked forward to the year of Jubilee? Can you imagine if you went into debt on year one after year 50? Oh, I've got to wait 49 more years. Oh, man, stinks to be you, doesn't it? How many of you understand God is the one who set up a year of Jubilee and it happens every 50 years? But look what Jesus says. He has sent me to proclaim the year of of Jubilee. The year of Jubilee is a year of restoration. A year of freedom. How many know they were singing about freedom today? Notice what Jesus does next. Oh man, this just blesses me. Then he closed the book. Guess what? He did not want to read. He read a very small portion of scripture. Didn't even give a long sermon. Didn't even give a sermon. Closes the book. He's done. He gave it back to the attendant and sat down. Folks, 
Jesus is sitting down. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. Folks, that's all that needs to be done. He's done all that needs to be done. The rest is us believing in what he has provided. Notice what he says. And all the eyes of and all the eyes of all were in this let me read that again. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, notice, I want you to say today. today. Not in 50 years. Not in the stirring of the water. Wait for the stirring of the water. He said, Today. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Notice. What are you talking about, Jesus? It's not the year of Jubilee. You can't just do this. You can't heal on the Sabbath. You can't do these things. He did. Why did Jesus heal on the Sabbath and, and all the religious leaders were so upset about it? Because they misunderstood the Sabbath. Sabbath was rest. Sabbath was a day of being recharged. It was a day of rest. It was a day of ceasing from your works. And Jesus would say stuff like, shouldn't this daughter of Abraham be healed on the Sabbath? Shouldn't that be the best day to be healed since it's the day of rest and God's blessing? Man wasn't made for the Sabbath, but Sabbath was made for the man. Notice what he says here. Today, the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. I love how he says today. You know why this is so powerful? Because it takes away the excuse of tomorrow is the day of, is the acceptable day. Of, not today. In God's perfect time, He will move. In God's perfect time, He'll 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 get me out of this bondage. In God's perfect time, He will heal me. But today's not that. Without saying it, we're, that's what we're declaring. Today's not the day. Jesus said, "No longer will you say tomorrow. No longer will you say in the year of jubilee, which is every fifty years. No longer will you have to say, I'm going to wait for the stirring of the water, the special season when God is moving. Today is the acceptable year of the Lord. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. The beautiful thing about today is that every day is today when you're in that day. It's not yesterday. You didn't, oh my God, we had a great meeting yesterday. Everyone got healed. Oh no, I missed it. Nope, today's the day too. You know what I love about people that think you have to go to church on Saturday? I'm not against them. Please understand. What I love is this. I've seen God heal people every single day of the week. I've preached on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. He and he moves every of those, all those days, not just on the Saturday. How many understand what I'm saying? I'm not mocking you. You want to go to church on Saturday? Go to church on Saturday. But that is not God's special day because today is the day of salvation. Today is the day. Now, there's another thing I love about this is that he says today this scripture is fulfilled. Notice he didn't stop there. He said in your hearing. Did you hear it? Or did you not hear it? How many understand every promise of God has to be heard? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. He did not assume that you were going to believe this. That's why he said it's fulfilled if you hear it. Because if you really heard it, you believe it. How many understand that? If he had said today the scripture is fulfilled and sat down, that means it would be automatic. But it's not. It's in your hearing. Are you hearing this? Amen. 
I love what happens next. So all bore witness to him. Now I want you to notice he came to Nazareth, his hometown. This is very important to remember. So all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. Notice, at first they were blessed. Oh my goodness, look at the gracious words that are pouring out of his mouth. This is so awesome. But look what happens next. And they said, is this not Joseph's son? And it was not like this because of how Jesus responds. It wasn't, look at Joseph's son. He's saying such awesome things. That's not what they did. Look what Jesus says. He said to them, you surely will say this proverb to me, physician, heal yourself. Whatever we have done in Capernaum, do also here in your country. Then, they, then he said, surely I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. So that's not what happened. This is, this is revealing to us the same thing that happens to us. How many of you ever heard a promise of God and immediately you are blessed? Listen to these gracious words. Wow. And then all of a sudden, then you say, but wait a minute. Pastor doesn't know my situation. He doesn't know I can't believe God. He doesn't know the debt I've got. He doesn't know I ruined my life. He doesn't know I didn't finish school. He doesn't know that I went to school and dropped out because I met someone and then got married. And it, I mean, you understand what I'm saying. You're blessed at first. Wow, this is... Wait a minute, this can't be for me. They were blessed at first when they heard the word of God. But then the devil crept in and said, no, wait a minute. (laughs) We know who you are. You're Joseph's son. Matter of fact, you're a, you know... You were born out of what? Your mom got pregnant before you were married. You're a child of sin. Who are you to tell us what the Bible says? How many of you ever rejected a Bible truth because of the messenger? I don't like people with Texas accents. Just don't like it. I can't listen to a woman preacher. Etc., etc. You know what I'm talking about. You could have been blessed, but, hmm, nah. Either who it comes through or it doesn't apply to me, like the man with the stirring of the water. Folks, don't be like the second type of soil who receives the word initially with gladness but when tribulation and afflictions come for the word's sake you stumble today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing not every 50 years Jesus is the year of jubilee Jesus is the resurrection and the life Jesus how many understand that when they talked about the day, how many remember with, with, with Lazarus before he was raised from the dead? Oh, we know, Jesus, that he will be raised up on the last day. He said, what? I am the resurrection and the life. Not some day off in the future. How many know Jesus is the Sabbath? He's our rest. So, Sean, do you keep the Sabbath? Absolutely. I keep Jesus and I stay in rest. Hallelujah. Sean, do we still have to be circumcised? Absolutely. Circumcision is not of the flesh anymore, but of the heart. You have to be born again. Yeah. 
How many understand what I'm saying here? Let's turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, and we're finishing up. How many of you are blessed so far? If you're not, I'm going to get the tape. So often we, I'm sounding you, I, I, I'm guilty. I make excuses as to why this can't happen now. I know that's what God says. How many of you know you can know enough not to say that God's word isn't true, but you just make excuses as to why it, this isn't going to happen right now? And let me say this. All of the promises of God that are in Christ Jesus, everything that he died on the cross to produce, today is that day. That doesn't mean you want to get married, you're going to get married today. How many understand that there's some differences and some things? But everything that Jesus died to provide today is the day that he desires to work that in your life. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1 says, We then, as workers together with him, who also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain, for he says, In an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. He is quoting Isaiah 49. Guess what? That's Old Covenant. So there was an acceptable day. There was an acceptable time. Every time wasn't the acceptable time. And every, How many of you know there was a day of atonement and it was once a year? How many of you know you can get born again any, every, any day now? <laughs> Look what it says in verse, the rest of the verse too. Paul says, listen, he transfers. Notice Paul, how many of you know Paul knew the difference between the old and new? Paul quotes an old and then says how it applies in the new. It's no longer an acceptable time or a day of salvation. He goes on and says, behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Guess if it's now, now is always now. Today is always today when you're in today. Tomorrow can't be today. How many understand that? Tomorrow cannot be today. We're the ones who push to tomorrow. You know what? This is what happens. I'm guilty myself. I don't feel I'm ready today. So one day. You know what, I know I really need to get into the word, but today, whatever, I have to cook dinner, I have to watch the show, I have to clean the house, tomorrow, and then tomorrow always becomes tomorrow. How many understand tomorrow is always tomorrow? Have you ever noticed, and this, this is a little side note, I've discovered this myself. Every time that I decide I'm going to get in the Word, it's amazing all the thoughts of stuff I must do right now come to my mind. <laughs> stuff you don't even want to do. Man, I've got to cut the grass. <laughs> my goodness, you start noticing cobwebs you never saw before. I cannot pray with that cobweb blowing there. How many understand what I'm saying here? That's the flesh and the devil keeping you out of today. This is fulfilled in your hearing. Because if you don't hear it, you can't get it today. Did you hear it? So today, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Let's go to one more verse. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. Now here's the deal. 
You still have to have a stirring of the waters, folks. But you're not waiting for the waters to be stirred anymore by God. Now you are the one who stirs your own waters. How many of you have ever been depressed and you decide to praise God anyway? And after a while, you're like, what in the world? Whoa, what was I even worrying about? You stir up that water. Whoa, you're ready. You're ready to charge hell with a water pistol that's empty. Second Timothy chapter 1. Verse 6, therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Of course, I'm, using, I'm applying this in this way. But if you have to stir up what God's given you, then you have to stir up what God's given you. What has he given you? Love, joy, peace, righteousness, joy in the Holy Ghost. You have to stir that up. The Holy Spirit is there. He's not going to stir you up for you or he's forcing himself on you. We receive when we're full of joy. How many of you understand this? I know I said last verse, but i got to go one more since I said that. Isaiah, I'm going to prove it from Scripture. Isaiah, how many of you know we need the Word? It just, as a preacher I just heard, it just gets gooder and gooder. Isaiah chapter 12, verse 3. Therefore, with joy... You will draw water from the wells of salvation. How many of you know you have a well of salvation in you and you have rivers of living living water also in you? But you have to draw out the water for yourself. And notice it says with joy, you draw out the water that's in that well. How many of you know if... Joy is like the bucket. If you, you can have well with all the life-giving water that's in there, but if you don't have an implement to get that water out, you can die of uh, thirst. You can, have, you can need refreshing all you want. How many of you know that where to go to get refreshing, but you just don't use the bucket? Joy is that bucket that draws out the refreshing you need. That's why the joy of the Lord is your strength. It's his joy that you tap into that becomes your strength. You have to stir yourselves up. You, have to, you don't have to wait for the stirring of the water. It's now up to you to stir up the water. Stir up that well of salvation. You let that river of living water flow through you. Amen? Today is the day of salvation. Now is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. Today, this promise of restoration, retribution, all those things that you need. Today is the day. Today, this scripture, this promise is fulfilled in your hearing. Do you hear it? I don't know about you, but I'm blessed this morning. I'm blessed that we serve a living God that loves us. I'm blessed that we serve a God that cares so much for us. I'm blessed that we serve a God that has made so much available to us that we can receive from him today. Not tomorrow, today. 
Today's the day to be saved. Today's the day to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Today's the day to be healed. Today's the day to get your mind in total unity and harmony, harmony with what God says about you and start a new path, a new highway <laughs> in your life. Praise God. Let's pray, Father. We just thank you for your goodness. We thank you for every person here. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for how good you are. We thank you that we don't have to wait for when you're in a good mood. Because you're always in a good mood. We don't have to wait until you're motivated. Sending Jesus, you showed us you're motivated. We don't have to wait until you're stirring up the waters. You've already saved us and gave us a well of living water. So, Father, I thank you that, Lord, that we will make a determination that we will choose life, (laughs) that we will choose to believe you, that we will choose to keep our eyes fixed upon you, for you keep him in perfect peace whose mind and eyes are fixed on you because he trusts in you. Father, I don't know what people are going through, but I agree with the word from Pastor Joseph this morning. That was a word that he was declaring, folks. He wasn't just saying something that he says every single week, even if he says it every single week. There are some of you who are believing God for different things. Some of you are believing God for healing for loved ones, even for yourself. And God has just stirred you up today. Don't allow that water that I came and helped to stir up. Don't allow that to go sedentary again. You continue stirring up the love of God inside of you. You continue stirring up the Spirit of God inside of you. It's not that He's dormant, but you are not allowing Him to flow the way that He wants to flow. He loves you. And it's not because of any good things that you have done, but he loves you simply because he loves you. God did not save you for what you could do for him. He saved you for what he could do for you. And when you get turned on to that reality, you will do so much for him out of that love relationship that God will be able to get more done through you than you ever thought imaginable. Some of you are believing for financial breakthrough, believing for supernatural payment of debts, cancellation of debts. Some of it, you even did it yourself. Let me tell you something. You sinned. You created that debt yourself. If Jesus paid your debt of sin, how will he not also pay your other debts? Oh, but I deserve this. Of course you do. You deserve hell too. You want to go to hell too? Are you going to not allow God to move in your life in this area because you deserve it, but you will accept heaven, but you don't deserve it? Of course not. You're accepting heaven and rejecting hell, not because of your goodness, but because of his goodness. Accept his payment in every other area too. Stop hindering God in your life. By believing that you deserve this. Therefore, how dare I go to God and believe him? You better believe him. God is telling you right now, he wants you to believe him even in those areas that you did it yourself. 
There have been people who got healed of AIDS. Guess what? They did that to themselves. On, most, on almost all, most occasions these days. Why did God heal them? Because he's love. He will bless a person even when he knows they're using him. Why? Because no one will ever have the excuse to say, God, you never even were good to me. Oh, yes, I was. <laughs> have you ever wondered why God tries to reach people who never accept him? Have you ever wondered that? I have wondered that. It's because of how good he is. He's not going to decide for you even if he knows the decision you'll make. Today, you decide if it's the day of salvation. Today, you decide if you receive what Jesus came to offer you. Those of you that need something right now, whether it be healing in your body, we're not going to have you come forward. I want you just to stand forward, stand up right now. If you need forgiveness, uh, cancellation of debts, payment of debts, whatever it is, I want you to stand, stand up right now. If you have family problems that you yourself caused, maybe you were so harsh with your children because you didn't have this foundation and your children want nothing to do with you, today is the day of redemption and restoration. If that's you, stand up. Stop limiting God based on what you think you deserve and you caused it yourself. Jesus didn't come. He didn't come for himself. He didn't come because he, des because he deserved to die for us. We deserve to die, but he died in our place. He's not giving you what you deserve. He's giving you what Jesus deserves. So I want you to believe God this morning. I want you to believe God. I want you to stop using excuses that you've always used. You don't understand what happened to me. I don't, but Jesus does. And he can touch your heart, heal your emotions, heal your bodies, heal everything that needs to be healed. So whatever it is, I want you in, in your mind, I want you just to declare it to God. God, today is the day I'm... I'm being saved to this thing. It may not, you may not see the fruit of it immediately. You may. I believe some of you are going to see such breakthrough that's going to be almost, it's going to, things already in motion. It's already in motion. It's already in motion. But it, you may not see it immediately. How many understand what I'm saying? If a flight is leaving Hong Kong for Boston, it's already in motion even though you haven't seen it yet. So, Father, I thank you for every single person standing here today. We declare right now, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of deliverance. Today is our life, not year, life of jubilee. This is our lifetime of restoration. This is our lifetime of healing. This is our lifetime of provision. So, Father, right now we declare freedom in this place. We declare that today this is fulfilled in our hearing. We hear you, Father. We hear you, Jesus. And we receive it right now. Some of you, God has just 
touching your hearts. It's like he's giving you a hug right now. <laughs> One time I was in a service, I wasn't preaching. And in my mind, while I was worshiping God, I saw him throwing the ball with me. How many understand what I'm saying? I used to love throwing the ball when I was a kid. And I'm a grown man. I was about 30 years old, had gone through a very hard time. I'm not going to go into all that. And that's how God healed me. He was throwing the ball with me as I had my eyes closed worshiping God. Just reassuring that He's my Father. And He cares enough about me. How many ever had a father that you asked him to throw the ball with you or something else, but they, they were too busy, can't do it right now? God has time for you. He's never too busy. It's not special seasons when he's moving. He has a schedule, okay? Today is every day when you wake up. So I want you to start declaring, today is the day that God is good to me. Today. But God was good to me yesterday. I know. But today is another day. His mercies are new every morning. When the Bible talks about mercies, it's talking about His grace, His mercy, His love, His, His empowerment, His provision. Everything today is a new day and His mercies are new every day. Today is a day. So, Father, I thank you that right now we declare healing over every single person that needs healing right now. I speak brand new hearts right now in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus. Father, I just thank you, Father, right now that people are being healed of diabetes right now. Their pancreas is being restored right now. Brand new pancreas producing the proper amount of insulin and everything that needs to take place. Right now, Father, there's someone who's being restored financially. And Father, you are opening doors for a brand new job. Right now, you're restoring relationships. You are speaking to people that have not been on speaking terms. And you are speaking to them. And they are being led, even though they're nervous about it, to contact these people. And I thank you, Father. There's going to be such a supernatural leading of that reconnecting conversation that both are going to say, why didn't we do this sooner? But they're not going to mourn over the wasted time, but they're going to, today is a new day, even in this relationship. Some of you need to forgive the person right next to you, and you need to give that other person, today's a new day in our relationship. Today is that new day no longer holding the past against them. Praise God. Father, we thank you for how good you are. We thank you. We thank you for every person that turned out in this weather. We thank you they got something great because I got something great. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Let's just give the Lord a hand clap this morning. Amen. 
At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.